Welcome back to Inner Healing Intelligence. Today I'm very excited and grateful to be able to introduce a longtime friend and colleague of mine, Lindsay House. Lindsay is a registered dietitian and accountability coach with her own podcast, Direction Not Perfection. She has her own community, and as I just learned, she also has her online classes as well. As you'll see, Lindsay and I share so much in common regarding how we help our clients listen to and trust their inner wisdom when working on their health goals. Today, Lindsay and I have a conversation about who has inspired her on both her professional and personal journeys. We also talk about core themes of balancing acceptance and change, taking risks and facing vulnerability, as well as the importance of staying focused on our own journeys rather than comparing ourselves to others. Lindsay has been my personal inspiration for giving me the courage to start this podcast, and so I was so excited that she could be my very first interview. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome everyone. My name is Dr. Lori Little, and I'm a clinical psychologist, mindfulness coach, psychedelic therapist, wife, and mom. My passion is helping people learn to listen to and trust their inner healing intelligence, that part of us that is always moving towards health and growth. Ultimately, when we allow our inner healing intelligence to be our guide, we can stop looking outside of ourselves for answers. We can experience more joy, more peace, and more connection with others than we may have ever thought possible. Although it may sound simple, it is by no means easy. Join me as we discuss the many challenges and opportunities that listening to your inner healing intelligence can bring. To your life. All right, welcome everyone. I want to introduce one of my dearest, dearest friends uh, from a long, long time ago. This is registered dietitian Lindsay House. She is my very first podcast guest. I'm so happy. Uh, and I'll share a little bit more why I really was hoping that Lindsay would be my first guest today. So Lindsay, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Lori, and I'm so honored to be your first guest. No pressure, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. No pressure at all. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, Lindsay, if you could, um, maybe if you could just take a minute for those who may not know you already, if you could introduce yourself and just share a little bit about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So as Lori mentioned, uh, my name is Lindsay House. I am a registered dietitian, a private trainer, deemed myself accountability coach because I feel like my clients always come to me saying, I know what to do. I just need to do it. And so I settled into more of that role because I really enjoy that space. So Yes, here I am as an accountability coach. <laughs> Wonderful. An accountability coach who also has her own podcast as well. Yes, which is a whole nother story, right? Like anybody's professions, I feel like there is this 
line that is not straight and narrow that we just kind of find different places on our career path where we go, Oh, how did I end up here? And yes. And I love that we're both in this podcast space together. I know it's very, very exciting. And sometimes it's outside of my comfort zone, but I'm really enjoying it so far. So if you could maybe share a little bit more about your, your, that progression and how did that come to be? So, um, Lindsay and I, uh, met, God, how many years ago has it been? Eight. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out. Yep. I was going to say 15 to 20, yeah. somewhere in that somewhere range. around there. Many, many years ago, we met doing, um, hospital work, uh, where at a weight management center, surgical weight management center, I was doing pre-surgical evaluations for bariatric surgery. And Lindsay was, um, you know, doing all the dietitian components of that program. So, and we have subsequently worked together on and off over the years. So you've done hospital type work um, in the past and have had an, to me, a very interesting journey. So maybe you could share a little bit about what inspired you to the, uh, to make these changes moving forward. I would love to. Thank you for asking. Cause I, I do feel like I started my journey actually as an inpatient dietitian. And by the time I got to outpatient with you, that was such a pleasant surprise. It was just like, Oh, I love outpatient. I love being able to take the journey with the patient, with the client. And it wasn't a one-time visit. I got to see them every month. And even some clients, as you know, that we were like three to four years in, and that was wonderful to me. But then I feel like what I started noticing was there was a, I felt like I was niching down. There was a, a, population, and I can actually like name it now, that when they came through my doors, I felt like I could really help. I felt like, oh, this is who I'm supposed to be with and on their journey. And I have deemed that seasoned wise, wise seasoned women. So like Mm -hmm. moms and grandmas Mm -hmm. who are learning to love the skin they are in, and then also still wanting to change their body and brain in this sustainable way, this turning away from diet mentality, this getting off the diet train and And again, busting through that dichotomy of like, we're allowed to love ourselves and want to change. And you have taught that so many times. And I love, love settling into that space. So that's the happy spot. And I feel like that's where it was like, I think it needs to be my own business and private practice so that I can be a little more picky on who I can get in front of. I love that. I love that. And that makes so much sense in terms of how you and I really connected with each other, you know, professionally and personally, but on the professional side, you know, there's so many different perspectives and viewpoints on weight loss in, in the weight management field. There's such a spectrum. Um, and I think it's really refreshing to meet someone and to connect with someone who shares similar viewpoints, um, because there are a lot of extremes in the weight loss, weight management industry and finding someone who really felt the same way I did, which is, you know, there's this middle ground that we can really aspire to that is, you know, not 
not the number on the scale, but our health, you know, that what is it that's going to help us be most healthy emotionally, physically, spiritually. And, you know, so for some people tracking and watching is, is health. They enjoy that. It doesn't feel controlling to them. It gives them a sense of structure. So that's their definition of health. But for somebody else that feels too restrictive or, you know, too time consuming. And so really every person is, is individual and we can find that balance. That's the goal for me is always trying to find that balance for each client. And I think that's the beautiful part about the individualized journey and that we both bring to our communities and our clients is that it has to be individualized because nobody's the same, right? And thank goodness we're not meant to be. Exactly, exactly. Was there anyone in your life who inspired you professionally? So just for a moment on the professional side, who are the people and why? Um, You know, what is it about them and what they've taught you that have been sources of inspiration for you? I feel like I'm about to get an eye roll from your community and you're going to be like, Lindsay, <laughs> because this is going to feel like I'm feeding you a line of, of bull right now. But, um, you, you oh have gosh. been this amazing, uh, resource and inspiration. And I'm going to kind of walk your community through why, and they already love you for these reasons, but I you weren't supposed to young. answer that way, Lindsay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to answer that this way. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) That's not why I asked that question. Oh, but you have to picture back. Okay, younger Lindsay, walking into Dr. Little's office. I just remember loving having our offices side by side and, and having this opportunity to come sit in your office. And whether that was to ask questions about a client or to even watch you talk to other of our like staff because at lunch, I feel like people always asked you questions and there was always just this wisdom and you have this quiet space about you that if if your community can tell it with me, I'm a talker, I fill space. (laughs) You have taught me how to not fill space. And I still use this from you. And this goes back to like watching you even at lunchtime with other staff members, people would ask you things and you would always say, do you want my advice or do you just want me to listen? Mm-hmm. And that was such a beautiful question because I have been able to take that not only from clients, like sometimes I need to shush, but also into my family's life, into my daughters. Cause there's so many times that they just need me to listen and I'm ready to play coach, you know, cause that's me and what I often do. So, so you, I just, Aww. I have taken away so much. <laughs> I really appreciate that. And I honestly was not expecting that. So <laughs> I appreciate those kind words. It's, as you can see, it's a little challenging to, to take that in, but I, I very much appreciate that. It's, it means a lot to me. Yes. Um, so when, so it, <laughs> I threw you, I threw you. <laughs> Do you want to know who inspired me from a private, from a non yeah. Perfect. From a personal perspective. Yeah. Yes. If you could share some more about that, that would be really helpful. Yes. So I am going to throw out both of my parents for different reasons, 
but my mom is like the big communicator in my family. And so I feel like she was in my ears all the time. And I think that the biggest gift that she gave me in life was communication was Mm -hmm. I remember walking into my room and I'd have notes laying on my bed and it was like her way of bringing up a hard topic and then I'd have a chance to read it and like go through all the emotions that might come from hearing something that might've been hard to hear, process it. And then we'd come back live and talk about it in person. And that's another thing that I feel like I've carried to relationship, husband relationship to relationship with my kids. We do a lot of writing first. I still even do it with my mom before we have conversations. Awesome. That that is just been such a tool in my life. And my parents were both also, they loved motivational tapes. I remember driving to Hilton Head as a kid and listening to motivational tapes. Like <laughs> I love that and, story. <laughs> I think it's so awesome. I really do. I think, you know, I, I see you, Lindsay, as one of the most positive people in my life. I know that nobody is ever always positive, but you have such a positivity about you that when you once shared that story about the motivational tapes that you guys would listen to in the car, it was like, ding, that is it. That has to be to me a, a, a source of that. Um, so yeah, share more if you could about that. Yes. I, well, I was just thinking, I'm like looking at cards, even my, I think I was always surrounded by communication, by words, by these motivational tapes. When my dad wrote a graduation card, it would be on, I pulled these out. They were on motivational cards. They'd be like, obstacles are those frightful things you see when you take your mind off your goals <laughs> or focus the ability to block out the unnecessary, put the goals within reach. Like there was just always positive messaging coming yes. in. Yeah. Which kind of brings me to this point. I I think I was groomed from birth, you know, on, on that positivity thing. You had mentioned this in one of your previous episodes, uh, this toxic positivity, you Mm -hmm. know, and I, I do think there's this like line of, and I think my parents walked the line really well of not hitting toxic positivity. There was always this, okay. There was a recognition of the feelings that might be coming with something balanced by this um, reshaping of the thought or pivot. And I can give some examples with that, but something as small as like being a three or four-year-old in a birthday party getting canceled where parents were really good about being like, bummer, you have to be so sad. You know, like, I know you're really looking forward to that. Give the space to feel it. And then there was this pivot of, but now we have two hours to spend together. We can bake cookies. We could go to the library and get a video, have a couch day. There was always that. And I think that that had, I just can see how that is like carried through in life that hard things can happen. I lost my dad. I I am not a person who has like not seen hard, right? but there is always like pieces within the hard that when we look for them, you know, are still blessings are still things that we're supposed to go through even. So that's so beautiful that you share it that way. And it's interesting from a, 
um, therapeutic perspective from a psychology perspective, you know how my training is in DBT or dialectical behavior therapy. And so dialectical talks about the synthesis of opposites, that two things can on the surface appear opposite, but can both be true. And one of the primary dialectics in DBT that we talk about is the, ba the constant balance of acceptance and change. That's sort of the primary dialectic. And what I hear you saying is that your parents did a good job of holding both. So when you think of this sort of toxic positivity, it's like we're all the way on this change end of the spectrum of it's okay, it's good. Let's think, let's focus on the good side. Let's silver line it, you know, that's all the way over here, but never really giving the space to validate, to accept, to say, yeah, that's a bummer. That's so disappointing. I bet you feel really upset about that. So there's like, this validation along with the pivot to change. And I think that's really remarkable. Um, that's to me a huge part of having connected relationships, huge part of parenting, you know, that skill, even if your parents didn't know they were doing it, that's really what they were doing. And this always brings up something like I'm losing the nervousness because I'm in the hot seat right now, but if I'm just talking to you person to person, I'm always thinking, I wonder what her professional brain's telling her about this, <laughs> which I'm sure your clients are like that too. <laughs> but, what do you have to say about this thought, but this is what it was. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, I love it. I mean, first of all, I just want it to be authentic, you know, that we're just talking, you know, we're two really good yeah. friends talking about things that are important to us and that I know are therefore important to others. You know, if, if we find it valuable, then other people will too. Yes. And that's what I've always loved about you as well, this vulnerability. And, and you can tell when you hit it with clients, you know, I, I can always feel like when this breakthrough comes and it's like, oh, we're having this real, thank mm -hmm. you. You know, thank you for your vulnerability, because now we can hit this next level of understanding and success yeah. that, and I'm saying that out loud on purpose to your listeners, because I, it's scary. It's scary to be vulnerable, but I don't think we ever regret it once we start it. Yeah. So just a little challenge, if you wish to accept today. <laughs> <laughs> I really love, I mean, this is what makes you such a gifted dietitian because um, I mean, it's to me to, to describe you as a dietitian doesn't even sound quite right. Like it's missing all of these other pieces that you do coming to meet with a dietitian when you struggle with weight issues is one of the most vulnerable things you can do. Like, I think patients feel almost more scared to visit me, the psychologist than you, the dietitian, because there's so much fear wrapped up in, are you going to judge me? Are you going to tell me to do something I know I'm not going to be able to do? Um, are you going to, you know, are you going to criticize what I'm doing? Like there, it can be scary to come to a dietitian. Um, so what has helped you to sort of work through that with your clients and make it safe? Because I, that's the one thing that, uh, clients will say when they connect with you and work with you is I feel safe. I feel seen. I feel heard. I don't feel judged. Um, how did you learn how to do that? 
I think that is the privilege of getting to work with clients and that years of watching people walk through the door and being like, don't take away my diet Coke. You know, I'm willing to listen to you, but I'm not willing to do this. Or I'm sure you think this of me because you get little glimpses into their insecurities and, and it is a scary, I can put myself on the other side because it is so scary to tell somebody, I love that you said, I'm about to like commit to something that I don't know if I can stick to. And what a scary place to be in. Cause most of us are people pleasers, you know, yes. we're the kids still sitting in front of the teacher wanting the a plus. Absolutely. And I think that's the beautiful thing about yes, dietitian, but more coach. Right. And I, and I even view you that way, but getting to coach our individuals so that we're pulling out their wisdom. Our clients have so much inner wisdom and it's just like, how can we keep tapping into what they already know? They already, they just lost it along the way because they've been over dieted. They've been over shoulded. They've been over, you know, they've lost themselves in this journey of motherhood. Like they can't even remember what they like doing on their own. Mm -hmm. There's things like I'm almost tearing up because it's just, you can like, then this is where I love this population. And you just go, oh, we have so many fun little onion layers to work on. And, and if you discover what you actually like doing in movement or what you actually like to eat, then this experience can become the safe place that you're talking about instead yes. of you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't and follow this meal plan. Yes. Doesn't work. It- period. As you were saying that, the it occurred to me that you were the person who taught me about the concept. Uh, and this sounds so silly to say it because what was I like in my late 30s or 40s when we met? But it was like for the first time, the idea that you could actually have a fitness personality, that it was necessary for you to enjoy your movement was like <laughs> mind blowing. Is that possible? I hate moving my body, you know, and like, like really thinking like, okay, this is possible. So I just have to find my way. There is a way. What is it for me? Because I have never been a big fan of the movement, still not, but it has been my search rather than continuing to bang my head against the wall and make myself do things that I don't like doing and then feeling like a failure when it's not sustainable. I was through you, I was able to pivot and say, okay, this obviously isn't something that I internally enjoy because the only thing I'm going to stick with is something that I really actually enjoy doing. And that was inner wisdom stuff like that was, and it's also making me think about, I really struggled with what do I want to call my podcast? You know, there are so many different areas what, what is the title that I even want to capture? Because I feel like there are a lot of different topics that I'm really passionate about. But when I really, really filtered it down, 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 it was like, no, I my favorite thing is teaching people to listen to and trust their inner wisdom. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what you do too. Yes. And the, and I love, again, when we get to work side by side and you and I do a lot of referring patients to each other because we align so much that then it's so fun to flip over into more of your area of work or into my area, but yet they still a hundred percent were leading our clients in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. 
So you have definitely been an inspiration for me from the physical side, um, absolutely a huge inspiration for me on the sort of um, the podcast, internet business classes, you know, kind of side. Um, seeing you take this journey the last couple of years has been so inspiring to me. Um, I just love your content so much. You know, I listen every week and learn so much from you. So um, could you share a little bit more about kind of how, like, how did you get the courage to do this? Did you have someone who you were kind of following? Can you share a little more about that piece? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the sign behind me kind of starts to say it all. This whole direction, not perfection is where I've kind of branded myself because, and I've always loved the progress over perfection saying, and, mm -hmm. and that's kind of where this looped into. I think I've always been a little bit more of the personality to jump and let the net catch you, you know, mm -hmm. or the, and then the net shall appear type of a person. Yeah. And so you're giving me a lot of credit where I'm like, maybe that just comes a little more natural to me. And, but it has been helpful in this scenario because there is just a, like that, I want to do that. Like the podcast came from, I wrote the book direction, not perfection after I left the hospital, because I found that I was having like the same 10, 11 conversations with each patient who walked in the door. And I'm like, this is kind of exhausting. Like everybody needs to hear the same message. Yeah. And yet I'm doing it one-to-one -one versus one-to-many. So it was like a book felt right. And then the chapters kind of aligned with the topics such as something's got to give or turning away from diet mentality or, you know, pulling the family. And it, there was different things like that. So then once the book kind of fades after a while, a couple of years goes by and I'm like, now what? And mm. then I thought podcast is the next natural step of, I get really excited to work with other professionals. I think that was the, the thing that I missed the most leaving the hospital was you and I, like we were surrounded by the most beautiful medical team. We could walk into any given office and have so much brain power going on. And the podcasting world does that. You pull in interviews. I'm going to jump off this call and be jazzed. You know, I'm going to, I find that with anybody that I pull on that I'm going, I'm so glad I got to talk to you today. Thank you. Thank you for your wisdom. We get to grow every time we experience new people. So, and then that's just motivating. It's like, whether this goes somewhere or not, selfishly, I'm being fed every time I record an episode. So I'm okay. just going to sit in that glory for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, that's kind of my attitude now as well. You know, um, some other podcaster have, you know, they've shared, I listen to a lot of podcast business stuff, you know, how do you do this? And, um, and a lot of them talk about this idea of the, the messy start, you know, or the ugly beginning, you know, just start. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, cause as a, you know, as a perfectionist, that's really hard for me. So when you say I'm a jump and the net will show, I'm like, no, what is the net? What's the size of the net? How are you sure it's going to hold me? Does it catch me? 
is it really going to catch me? Let me throw, throw a few rocks in there first, see how much it can hold. Then maybe I'll put my toe in. So it's like, I am not that person. And it creates a lot of anxiety for me to do stuff that, you know, you're, you're really making yourself vulnerable, putting yourself out into the world for people to judge and criticize and all those things. It's hard. So I admire that mindset of, hey, let's jump and go with it. And I'm trying to do more of that. But again, it's this is outside my comfort zone. This is new. Which makes me so proud of you. And and listeners, take heed. You know that this year we're coming upon a new year and just what's that next baby step next? This is a big step. This isn't a baby step, but that next actionable step that does push you outside of your comfort zone. Cause that's where our growth continues to happen. And I can tell every time something calms down, like kind of becomes easy to me that it's, it's time for the next challenge. There's yes. something that's good, like starts brewing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I hear you. I don't know if I'm ready to do this, but I hear you. <laughs> the knock Not on the door yet. has started quiet. I'm not ready. (laughs) But yeah, that is, that's your inner wisdom telling you, Hey, it's getting a little too comfortable here. I think it's, if we want to grow, if we want to expand, uh, we have to be uncomfortable. There's no such thing as safe growth. You know, we have to, Um, feel that discomfort in order to grow and learn. And if you're a person that really wants to always be learning and growing that by necessity, there's going to be some discomfort with that. Well, and I feel like I almost need to rewind to an earlier piece of this interview because we were talking about, you had asked like, how do you stay so positive? And then you were also mentioning opening oneself up to criticism Mm -hmm. and public review. Mm -hmm. And I find it really helpful to be careful. And I know this is common knowledge, but be careful of who we surround ourselves by, right? Surrounding ourselves by the right they, um, curating our social media so that those speaking over us are the people that we choose. And just being very mindful of what our eyes see, what our ears hear. I actually even say that as a little prayer sometimes in the day, like help help protect my eyes and my ears. So Beautiful. Uh, again, I'm saying stuff out loud intentionally for listeners going, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to do that. I've been meaning to, you know, remove myself from that chat or that notification mm-hmm. or this person or who app. pops up. <laughs> yeah. And like causes me platform. to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we can use these tools for our benefit if curated appropriately. But it does take time and effort but we have amazing tools at our fingertips. We just have to be very careful and use our inner wisdom. The second our shoulders go up and we go, "Mm, this isn't good for me. (laughs) Then we know we need to be done. Yeah. We know we need to listen. Is Mm -hmm. there anything right now that's on the horizon that you want to share or tease as you're kind of leaning into new things? Is there anything, um, anything I might not know about or that you want to (laughs) share? always Lord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm like, do you want to know about what's like in the next week or the next 10 years? <laughs> Anything you want, where are you headed? Where are you going? What's your next, where's your direction? Okay. So I was feeling that stagnated growth a year ago, uh, to just something needs to again, grow and have some fun with it. So this last year, I actually took the chapters of my book and built a 12 week course out of it. 
where I do video modules. I come at my clients every day with video modules and then we meet one-to-one each week. And it was this next opportunity because I don't know about you, but when I hold a session and then they disappear for two weeks, I always feel like, ah, I wish I had this opportunity to catch you in this moment where we could have like, again, reframed the thinking and set Mm -hmm. you back out into the world to go with it again. And so that's where the course excited me that now I can live in your feed daily, but we'll still do the personal. And then there's worksheets and whatnot that go with that. And then once you get all that baseline understanding, then I hold a membership where these beautiful women can exist together and we can celebrate together. We can get frustrated together And we jumpstart every month with an accountability group. So it's just kind of my next phase of keeping our priorities top of mind that when the holidays come, it doesn't matter. We're still thinking about food and fitness. When we have a death in the family, when we have those life things that my promise to everyone is that they are going to keep coming. Mm -hmm. If we have any expectation of, I will get around to it when Mm -hmm. the when and then thinking I'll do that when and then all yes (laughs) yes that it's just not real and so that constant accountability it helps from cleaning an office space to drinking our water to flossing like the goals that come out in that group are hysterical but I love it love it love it it. so it's really just about health so I'm assuming you have folks in there that really don't have any interest in weight loss um, that they really just want to focus on listening to what does my inner wisdom say that is healthy for me whatever those lifestyle behaviors are Yes, I actually just had a really cool conversation and a one-on-one with one of the members and she, we share this client, you're going to love this. We'll talk Mm. later, but she came in and was saying how excited she was that her nighttime eating had, she was like, I think it stopped. Like I haven't seen it in months. And, and how funny it is that we can do that and forget to celebrate. So that's another right. thing that accountability and groups are wonderful for are like, let's Ooh. pause and celebrate this. That's amazing. Absolutely. And she's like, I was fighting so much for thriving in life and these other things that I went to the doctors and I lost 15 pounds. And I was like, oh, that is so amazing that you kind of forgot to check the scale. And this was from somebody who used to be like a daily scale checker. You know, you're like, it can happen. It's a journey, but it can happen. Yes. So that was amazing. And yes. Well, I will definitely put all of the information in the show notes. So people who are interested in learning more about that will be able to have a link to connect with you as well that. Yes. Thank you. So, um, so unless there's any other words of wisdom you want to share before we start winding up today, anything else? I always, okay. Last little tidbit, just to send yourself out or send your listeners out. If you hear nothing else out of today, you're further along than you think you are forward as a pace, mm-hmm. <laughs> just keep going forward. And, and you're going to get there as long as you don't give up. A lot of us quit too early and it's because our eyes, oh, eyes on your own paper, our eyes drift to somebody else's paper. And then we think we're not doing it well enough. We're not, we're not trying hard enough. We are, 
because it's individualized. So if your little mantra as you leave us today needs to be eyes on your own paper, you say it as many times as you need to and stay the course. And thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Such a joy, such a treat. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to learn more, you can reach me at laurielittle.com where I share additional free resources and lots of information. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could write a review and share it with a friend. See you in the next episode.